Welcome to Take Your Stand, the podcast of Here I Stand Ministries. I'm your host, Luke Seibert. Let's explore more of what it means to live out the gospel by clinging to the Word and to one another. Alright, here we are in another week with the podcast. I had hoped to have Tish Bouvier on the podcast this week, but some stuff had come up, so we're rescheduling. Hopefully, the next few weeks, we'll be able to have her on. And I don't know in the future how frequently I'll have guests on the podcast. We'll just see as the Lord opens doors and as he moves to uh, who I have on and you know, when this will be. And so I'll try to play it ahead a little bit better and give myself a couple weeks cushion to make sure everything uh, works out. But We'll see. Uh, as as we're, we're still I'm still figuring this out and working on the schedule, and uh, where, where, how many people I want to have on the podcast and how often. But the main thing here about the podcast is studying the Word of God, and that's the emphasis I want to have. And then leading into application of it, of how do we take what we read in Scripture and don't just have a head knowledge of it and just letting it sit there, which is important. That's the first step is understanding Scripture. But then letting it apply, applying it, letting it, making it affect our lives, being yielded to the Spirit as He would direct us to take the words that He had inspired, and let them affect our lives today. That that the Word of God uh, will, is still powerful, and it does uh, the Holy through the Holy Spirit speaks to us uh, today. And there are it's not a mystical thing. There are tools that we use, and that's the main thing I want to point out with the podcast and devote it to. But I uh, just wanted to make that note as we get started this week and continue back with uh, 1 Corinthians. And thinking uh, we'll finish up with this uh, chapter here and move on to another, I guess, a genre of scripture, uh, pro- perhaps something like the Psalms, but I'll be working on a plan with that and be able to have some stuff prepared in the coming weeks. But we're still working our way through the an epistle and understanding how to apply it. An epistle is, in many ways, is fairly straightforward. The biggest thing is reading it as a, as a letter, understanding context, and we talked a, a good bit about that last time. And this is, is important to remember as we continue on with our with the reading this this week. So uh, we're going to pick back up in chapter three, of verse ten, and it says, "Where Paul says, according to the grace of God which was a given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a found I laid a foundation, and another is building on it, but each man." must be careful how he builds on it. And he spends several verses describing how people can build and then how there is this coming judgment. And if it's gold, silver, and precious stones that we've built up on the church, that as we've helped build up the church, then there'll, there'll be a reward. And if we have, if we've built wood, hay, and straw, there'll, there'll be a loss of that reward. We're, we won't lose our salvation, but there will, there will be a loss of reward. And he says this, picking back up in verse 16. Do you not know that you are a temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. And it's pretty sobering verses uh, to think about, to consider what, what, what is God saying here. And... Again, contextually here is the fact that Paul is speaking of the entire local church. He, the entire context points to this fact, not the physical building. Uh, they didn't have uh, church buildings like we have today. 
but the, the church being the people. He had previously used the imagery of a field. Now he's using the idea of a building in that the, he is speaking of this church. And this context is so key. But there's there's also uh, in the in the Greek there's also some more indication that this he that Paul is still speaking to the to the local church. One of my former pastors he points out that the you in verses sixteen seventeen says, "Do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, temple temple of God?" The you there is in the plural. It's not it's uh that it, it's pointing to the fact that they are together. This this the, the Greek points to the fact that they are. Um, together the temple of god not individually uh separate uh temples and there's this whole collection of temple in this instance and gordon fee and douglas stewart make a great a point about this and about the issue of context in their book how to read the bible for all it's worth and i know i've mentioned this book many times on the podcast and probably continue to do so it's just a an all of our excellent book reference work but they point out in their section about about this passage that because Paul will use this same imagery of it, imagery of a temple for an individual believer's body in chapter First Corinthians six, and people are really familiar with that passage, we automatically assume many times that here in chapter three, verses sixteen seventeen, we see the same word of the temple of God, temple of the Holy Spirit, and we think, oh, he's speaking about us individually. Well, contextually, he's not. Contextually, he's still speaking about the entire church. And we need to keep that in mind as we read. Um, and so, uh, but digging into the actual text itself, beginning in verse 16, Paul is basically saying, "Do you what? What are you doing? Don't you know that, that these that you are this temple of God? The Holy He has given us the Holy the Holy Spirit. He is fellowshipping with you. And um, as a former pastor had said, that God meets with the church in a special way when they gather together." It seems like the Corinthians knew this. Paul's basically saying, look, you guys know this. Then what are you doing having these divisions? What are you doing breaking down and fighting against each other, uh, of getting sidetracked by these secondary issues and making them these, these battlegrounds and not growing in Christ, not exalting him, not putting him forward and holding him up as the one to be honored and worshiped, where you're elevating your own ideas, elevating the worldly wisdom, your own little clique groups, Instead of elevating Christ, why are you doing that? Come back and recognize this truth that you are a temple of God. That you're, as he would say in other places, that when you're when you're speaking to the individual, he says you're not your own. And that has implications for us how we individually live. But here, recognizing that we are the temple of God, that there is a purpose, and that is for the praise of God, His honor, His glory, to um, to worship Him. And that is what the purpose of the local church is, not to come and push her own agenda. And in verse 17, there's this, there's this very set, uh, sobering warning to think about where he says that if any man destroys the, the temple of God, God will destroy him. And I looked at that word destroy, and it has the idea of uh, corrupt or spoil. A strong, uh, strongest concordant points that out. I looked it up on Blue Letter Bible, has some other... Uh, interesting nuances that can be used there for the word. It doesn't necessarily mean destroy in the sense that we think of, of like obliterating a physical building. It has the idea of corrupt. I think Strong's also used the word a worthless as a meaning of it. it. But I think that idea of corruption fits the context. It points to it and try, the idea of de destroying fits the specific illustration of a building 
but the greater context being these factions that are being happening that are, that are being brought to the local church and how that can corrupt the fellowship it breaks down those ties of covenantal love that should exist in a local church it it call, holds the church back and the people from the church back from from growing in christ as they could when there was a commitment to love when there is a commitment to building up the church as god directs recognizing that christ is the head not us we're building each other up helping one another on in our, our, our following after christ are growing in him encouraging each other really caring for one another recognizing that this life can be difficult and that, yeah we're, we don't need to face persecution you know we have it in many ways we have it very easy here in the united states yet we still need each other and we, we neglect that especially with the western emphasis upon the individual and the self-made man and how we're self-reliant and and the scripture does not teach socialism by any means but the we i think we have lost the idea of community that should exist and i know that that term community especially today can be kind of a buzzword it can bring up some wrong uh, imagery and some things that are being tossed around but there is this commitment to one another that as we commit to god that automatically should flow into a commitment to one another and this is something that is evident in both testaments both old and new for god's people and something that we need to consider to recognize and that god has promised to, to protect the church from these corrupting from those who would try to corrupt it how he's going to destroy uh, those people who are trying to destroy the church i don't know it doesn't specify exactly how god will do that it may be this loss of reward that's back there in verse 15 speaking about those who who only had wood hay and straw that's all they had to show for how they had helped build up the church it may be another way it could i think a strong ways through the um, break of fellowship between the individual and god if he's a believer ultimately if it's an unbeliever and they do not repent before they die then that is eternal separation from god and in, in hell the text doesn't specify how god would do this but this, the warning is god's going to deal with that person it doesn't say the corrupted influence won't come that there may be there there are times when there are corrupting influences that enter the church and this is one reason why paul called the ephesian elders in acts chapter 20 verses 20 through 31 to be on their guard to watch out there are people even coming up from among their own midst even among the leadership, he would try to draw away the disciples after themselves. I think he likens them to ravening wolves. That there, it, there are some dangers that may try to come into the church, and they may slip in, whether from within the church themselves or from outside influences entering. But God says that he is going to deal with it. He does make that promise that we need to to recognize this, that God ultimately is the one dealing. We, we do need to be on guard and to watch against that recognizing that, that God's going to deal with that. That should be uh, cause us to reflect, what are we doing? How, how are we helping to build up the church or are we corrupting it? And it's it's not to create a fearful attitude within us. That's that's not what Paul's point is. That's not what the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write for was to create this spirit of fear. That, not at all. But it is for us to, to evaluate, are we tearing down the church or are we building it up? The call is for us to build each other up, to equip one another, to strengthen each other in the faith, to stand firm with one another, to, to, to really care for one another. Meeting physical needs, yes, but 
just the relational aspect of caring for each other and not not just a quick hey how are you but truly caring and investing in each other praying for one another uh, specifically it's one thing our pastor has been emphasizing uh, on Wednesday nights and, and that, that 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 commitment that should be recognizing that we are a body and that we we need every person we may not we may not think that we need every person in the church but we know from later on in First Corinthians that God has placed each member as He has seen fit in the church. And our call is to commit to one another, regardless of what our feelings say, regardless of what we may want the church to change to be like. The fact is that we are here; these other people in the church are here. And we are called to commit, to love one another, to care for each other, to help build one another up. This is a journey, and that we are to, to walk with one another, to encourage each other. I think of uh, John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress and how a Pilgrim, uh, a Christian, he he's traveling. He often travels with someone else and how they are, they, they help each other. And yes, sometimes they did both fall into trouble, but they, they do walk together and help one another. And that's like the Christian life, that we're not to live this in isolation, live this life in isolation, that we do we need one another as God builds us up in Christ and informs us more to the image of Jesus and his character, his nature, and being conformed into his image. And so it's a call for us to evaluate, okay, am I tearing down the church or am I building it up? And to, to look in different ways that we can encourage one another. And that is, as I mentioned before, about truly caring one another, it's a point to the word. There's so many aspects of that that this can be played out and in the final segment of this episode, I'll get into an example that the Lord's been showing to me, laid upon my heart. But it is a, but is, is also so. As I said, it's a call for us to evaluate how we're helping build up the church. But it's also a call for us to evaluate: Do we even care about the local church? I mean, I mean, look. If we look at verse seventeen, God Himself vows to defend, to protect, and to deal. Um, with the local church, that's to protect it from the outside, for, for, to protect it from corrupting influences, whether it's coming from the outside or from within, and that he's going to deal with those people who are bringing those corrupting influences, who are tearing down the church, and again, specifically speaking of division, and that's that's one thing the Scripture speaks very very strongly against in the New Testament is divisiveness. But if if God so treasures the local church, again, that's that's what Paul is writing to. He's writing to a specific local church. If God so values the local church to vow to protect it in this way, how should we view it? You know, are we going around uh, speaking ill of it, or even even shunning it? You know, like you know, I don't really see that the local ch- churches have any benefit. You know, I've been burned before, so I'm not going back there. And I'm not saying every church is perfect. It's not. There isn't uh, a perfect church. And yes, church, there can be painful experiences at church. But that shouldn't mean that we should dis- that doesn't mean we should disregard what God has said. God treasures and values the local church, and He's given the local church as a way to help build us up in the faith, to conform us more into Christ's image. And so, if God honors the local church and values it in such a way, we ought to as well. We ought to love the local church. And yes, it's going to be difficult at times, but God will give grace. He will give us strength. He will lead us in. As we commit to the local church, to those who are in it, to the other members, and this is, uh, we ought to submit to his plan. This is part of his plan for helping build up his children uh, in in Christ. 
and he values, and he cherishes, and he loves the local church. And we see this in other places like Ephesians 5. He loves the local church, and he has vowed to defend it. And so in response, we ought to love the local church as well. And that there's some things that we can draw from these verses here. And Paul's going to make a little bit of a transition, but emphasizing this maybe in a little bit of a different way as we get into verse 18, which we'll, Lord willing, we'll get into, get into next week. One of the books I just finished was Soul Harvest. It's book four of the Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins. Absolutely love the book. And yeah, it is somewhat of a speculative fiction. We don't know exactly how it's the last days are going to go down. And um, in a previous episode, I talked about the first three books. And yeah, it is from a pre-trib uh, view of the rapture. We don't exactly know if that's actually going to happen, which is a whole whole another episode right there we could get into about different views of the rapture. But uh, it is something to consider. Okay, what 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 would it be? What could it be like? Um, and it's just very well written. I loved the the voice of Jerry Jenkins in here. The different voices that he gives the characters, you can almost hear them talking as you're reading. It's different. It's hard to describe, but it was a really engaging book. Really, really enjoyed it, and I recommend it for something for a clean, for a clean, uh, a pretty, pretty clean read to, to be able to. As uh, it's, it's enjoyable, it's engaging. It, it's so hard to find good Christian literature, uh, good literature out there to read that is wholesome and points our minds to Christ. But I definitely feel that the, this book was, and um, had some good, uh, some good teaching in there as well. It, they are again taking, uh, making. Um, some interpretations of passages about what it, it could be like or this particular view. So let's it, take it with a grain of salt going into going into the book knowing that. But it's uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and would recommend if someone's uh, looking for a book. It doesn't make as much sense if you don't have the first three books, but it's uh, it was a good book. I did enjoy that. And then in this third section uh, of the, the podcast wanted to circle back about to about building up the local church and not destroying or corrupting it in the issue of being factions. And what one of the passages of scripture that the Lord has continued to lay upon my heart for quite a while now is Ephesians chapter four, verses one through sixteen, and especially the first three verses here. And it's Paul speaking here to the to this churches and he says he says this Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience showing tolerance for one another in love being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace it really can, can be some convicting verses so when you think about what is he really calling us to and the question we have to ask when we read this is how am i preserving unity you know there's a, there is this unity of the spirit and that can be corrupted uh, by us pushing our own agenda or try to fight or fighting amongst ourselves, uh, allowing cliques to develop. And we may not go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm starting this clique because I want my own little special select group. But we can very easily slip into that, thinking that this little group we find ourselves in is the best. And we start looking down on those who aren't a part of that, who don't agree. And the specific issue I want to focus upon is sometimes. There are some changes we would like to see in church in our churches, you know, things that we feel strongly about. 
we think would be of, of a benefit to the whole congregation. But sometimes not everyone in the church feels that way. We might even say that we find ourselves in a very small minority, that we think we, we have an idea that will help the church, but most people aren't on board with it. Most people don't want it. And it can be very, if we feel very passionate about it, if we feel strongly about it, it can be very easy to try to force that upon the church, to make that a divisive issue. And we need to recognize that some things just aren't worth the fight. That yes, there may be good things, be valid things, and we may find them a benefit for ourselves, or may want our church to be a part of it, or to, to be involved in this particular ministry, or do this, or whatever, the have this particular type of sing this type of song, or whatever the case may be. But trying to, to force it upon others, or manipulate, or, or to fight, is only going to stir up division. That we can ex express our views and do so in a respectful, uh, loving way, and but recognizing that Christ is the head of the church, not us. That what may seem right to us may not be what God has in store for this particular local church that he, that he has uh, placed us in. And so recognize that some things aren't worth the fight and letting those go um, is an act of submission to Christ and to, to the body. And we're not denying that those things are uh, good. They may be very good. And we may have a great, they may have been a great benefit to us, but having the greater uh, commitment to the unity of the local church and not tearing it down by trying to force our own ideas upon it. And I was thinking of how Paul says in Romans 14, uh, verse 16, Therefore do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. And contextually there he's speaking about that different things, maybe some gray areas. And he's uh, the idea that uh, trying to force those upon others or having a divisive spirit about it. And he's saying that's not what Christ has called us to. That's 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 not what we have been. That's not the attitude we've been given in Christ. And he's saying don't don't give offense by making things divisive. That that's what he's calling us to there in chapter Romans fourteen. And, and Paul will speak in other epistles to that as well. And as we closed out the first part of the podcast, God's church is precious. He values it. He he, cher he he loves it. Ephesians 5 tells us that Christ even died for it. And so we need to consider how are we helping to build up the church? We may have these pet issues ish or issues that we feel very strongly about, but we need to evaluate, is this really worth it? You know, if the church doesn't adopt this new idea that I have or this, little, this uh, thing that I'm really passionate about, is it going to lead the church into sin? Well, it may not. Um, is it is it worth trying to raise a fuss about? And a lot of times, it, it's not. It, it, that can be really hard to recognize. It's a bit hard for me to recognize about some issues. But thinking and keeping in mind, recognizing that this but this church belongs to Christ. He's the head, not us. And the commitment to the greater commit unity of of the body of the body it's, of itself. And realizing that we don't always have to be right that things don't always have to go our way that, that can be a hard struggle to, to, to face but it's one that we need to a uh, question we need to recognize yeah why do i want this and is it really worth the fight it can be a hard question to wrestle with but an important one to consider as we choose to cherish the local church and to love and to commit ourselves to the local congregation that christ has placed us in so just some things to think about to going forward as we help to to build up the church as we grow in our knowledge of Scripture and our relationship with the Lord, it should affect our involvement with others, and especially in the local church. And 
I want to continue to emphasize that, and we'll look at different, various aspects of that in a future podcasts as well. But uh, thanks for listening to the podcast again this week, and for bearing with me with uh, schedule things being different over the past a few weeks. But we'll continue to seek the Lord as He directs the podcast, and uh, hope that it's a blessing. But until next time, read the Word and take your stand. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it was an encouragement and a blessing. To find out more information about Here I Stand Ministries, check out hisministries.com. Scripture quotations are from the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, copyright 1971-1995 by the Lockman Foundation, used by permission, all rights reserved.